up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that's Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 141. Wow, 141. And to get us through this episode, I just have one of my co-hosts here today across from me. Once again, it's Joanna Russo. Joanna, what's up? Did we lose Docs because <laughs> the Eagles won the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, he's probably at the Eagles parade. I don't know when that Eagles parade is, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was there. I think they announced it. I think it's yeah. happening. Okay. All right. I also want to put out there to our listeners that I did root for the Eagles and they won. Well, so I was, I'm available if you need me to root for your team. I know you are. You, you do have strong rooting powers. I, I heard like a rumor that there's many times that you've rooted for a team and somehow they end up winning. It's true. I uh, picked Oklahoma the year that they won March Madness. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just I have that power. Why, why did you pick Oklahoma that year? Um, I don't know, because I liked uh, Blake Griffin. The play? <laughs> okay. That's impressive that you knew that Blake Griffin played for them. Um, all right. Well, I will uh, negotiate with you to see what we can do for uh, the Washington football team this uh, this next fall. Um, we can make it worth your while if you'll make them win. <laughs> I'm definitely interested. All right. Big show to get to today, uh, Joanna. Excited uh, to be joined in studio this afternoon by an old friend of mine. He's a podcasting professional. He's also a runner. Uh, he ran a half marathon with me uh, probably about 10 years ago, I think 2010, so maybe nine years ago. Oscar Santana will join us today on the program. Uh, excited to have Oscar uh, in studio. He's a guy who's had his own radio shows on terrestrial radio, so what, what people used to listen to, he used to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, Big O and Duke show, the Michael Mara show, I think we're both on radio now he does just podcasts, and he's made a career of it. Uh, so he's a he's a podcaster slash entrepreneur uh, slash um, professional broadcaster. So when you said that we were going to do the Oscar show, I thought you meant we're <laughs> going to have to talk about the Oscars. No. Oh God, no! I wouldn't know uh, what to say about that. This will be much more interesting. No, way more interesting. So really excited to have uh, Oscar in studio with us today. Also on today's program, we'll talk a little Valentine's Day. Um, we had a Pacers running Love the Run You're With Valentine's Day. Uh, I guess it was like a, a dating game? Match- dating game. I, I didn't go. You went. So you're going to have to explain how what, what went on, how that went. Uh, so we, we had promoted that a few weeks ago when we had Lisa Reeves on. Excited to hear how that went. Also, today's program, I want to touch again on the Super Bowl and one Super Bowl uh, commercial uh, in in particular where a a famous runner was in it. Uh, And then finally, uh, we're going to talk some some running gear today on the program. Are we going to talk about running? We actually actually are. We actually are. I mean, Oscar Oscar did, did some running in his days. Uh, so we'll talk some running with him as well. Awesome. Our listeners are going to be so stoked. Yeah, exactly. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Joanna, my day was just absolutely ruined this morning. There's few things that really put you in a bad mood. You'll never guess what it was, but it was just absolutely ruined. 
it was something that was in my control, but you know, it was just something that happened that just really irritates you. I was wondering if it was going to be that uh, coach from the Patriots backing out of his Colts deal. No. But if it's Josh with- McDaniels, no. Yeah. No, so if no. it's within your control, then it can't be that. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, that. Yeah. Usually, I do get irritated about things that are outside my control. I don't have any really interest in the Colts, though, or the Patriots for that matter, that much. So okay. whether he stays or goes. Very, very impressive. It, you, you really have brushed up on your sports <laughs> since the two and a half years that we've been doing the podcast. It must be because of the podcast, because you never know what kind of question you're going to have to answer. Well, you see, the thing is, like, if you were to ask a follow up, I would have no <laughs> right. nothing. It's really just right. some of these headline topics. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So let's not say I'm invested. Yeah. Yet. Okay. Um, well, this has to do with uh, a mistake I made that's going to be uh, a little costly for me. So it's not like a taking my dog to the vet. Because that's not really a mistake. That's something I should do. Uh, but it's a, a, a another thing that is going to be something I didn't budget for. That's for sure. Hmm. Yeah, you're not going to guess it. Uh, is it house related? No. It has to do with uh, me driving. Oh. Yeah. So uh, coming from the store this morning, had to run in, go to the store. Yeah. Heading down Clarendon Boulevard. It would. It was about probably eight thirty in the morning. Yeah, maybe eight forty-five. Oh, did you get a ticket? I got a ticket. Oh, took a right on Red on Barton Street, coming off of Clarendon Boulevard. Right on Red is only doable on that turn from seven a.m. to seven p.m. I saw the police officer, the fine Ooh. county police officer, Arlington County police officer, on the right. I saw her sitting there. You know. Yeah. Nothing out of the ordinary come to a full stop, look to my left, nothing coming, no pedestrians. All this was being processed in my mind, yeah. thinking she's going to be there. Let's make sure, you know, not that I wouldn't watch for pedestrians. Uh, yeah, of course, and, of course. Being a runner, come, you right. know to look for pedestrians. Of course, or yeah. come to a full stop. I do all that and then take the right uh, turn. And then next sirens. thing I know, sirens and Man. blue lights in my rear view. So she's just sitting there waiting. Just sitting there waiting. Mm. Um, ironically, I drove there later today and saw her bust somebody else for the same infraction. Um, was it a big ticket? I don't know. You know, I was hopeful that my charm and good looks would, uh, get, um, me just a warning. Yeah. Maybe I just don't have charm (laughs) and good looks. I think we've been through this with the county police before with the scooter. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, that didn't that didn't get me very far over there. Although I did sort of get off that um, reckless driving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I was thinking I should say like, listen, I'm I'm. Uh, you could look at my record. I'm a really good driver. But then now that you bring up that infraction, <laughs> I shouldn't speak so fast. Um, yeah, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's just a dumb mistake. I, I went back and I saw, like I said, I saw somebody make mm-hmm. the same mistake I did, ironically, like literally a few hours later. Um, but then plain to see that there is a sign there that says, dummy, no turn on red from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So I've got, I've got nothing, to, uh, nothing to complain about. Well, and it might have been that somebody in the neighborhood had complained that cars are not are turning right on right. red when they're not supposed to be. So then that might be why she's camped I, out there yeah. is to to get people to realize that the sign is there. And, and, and I, I also don't remember it being there. So you could be right. Maybe there was complaints and maybe that's a new sign. I'm going to take it. I'm going to pay it. 
I made a mistake. Move on. Man, that's really mature of you. Yeah. <laughs> I've matured. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make a docs comment here. Yeah. This whole thing could have been avoided if you just walked to the store. Yeah. I, know. I actually had to drop off some shoes. So okay. in my defense, right. but you know, and if Docs was here, uh, he wouldn't be so nice about this. Too. <laughs> he probably would have been. He, he would probably be like gleeful that I got a ticket. Uh, but he's not here. Hopefully he'll be back next week. We'll uh, see. We didn't get we didn't get the proof of life that we wanted. Uh, oh, you know, he never we wanted, sent us one? Uh, he, we wanted some sort of picture of him running on the beach or doing something or, or his, his picture of his beard. Uh, I actually didn't hear from him after the Super Bowl, and I thought that I would. I, you, you would have thought that he would have been super, you know, just <laughs> incredibly excited and probably reached out to all his friends or co-hosts on the show, but no, no. Well, we'll talk more about the Super Bowl a little bit later on in the program, but first I want to get to uh, our, our guest. He is a legit star in this podcasting world. And I, I know if, 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 you, if our listeners are downloading this episode, I know they're interested in podcasting. Uh, so I think his story is super interesting. And uh, a lot of our listeners probably could relate because they, they listen to our podcast first and probably listen to a couple <laughs> other shows. So the way that he got into it, I think, is super interesting. And his vision of podcasting before you know any of the big podcasts hit, like Serial or Pace the Nation, any of the big podcasts out there. Uh, he was on podcasting before that. He's like an OG podcaster. He, he totally is. So we're a gonna, hipster podcaster, we're gonna hear, like before it was cool. Right, exactly. We're going to hear his story, uh, and we're going to talk some podcasting and maybe sprinkle in a little running. Oscar Santana joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna, we are excited to be joined by an old friend of mine, a podcasting legend. A legend. <laughs> legend, yes. Here he is. It's Oscar Santana. Oscar, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I just got a chance to meet Joanna. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm being reacquainted <laughs> with Mr. Chris Farley and the Pacers family. Yep. As uh, you'll find out, Chris and I, like, we used to be friends. Yeah, we did. No. And then he what was this, the Yeah, what was the straw that broke the camel's uh, back? He built this Pacers empire. He said, oh. You didn't run a fast half marathon. I guess that's that. No, see that's you not later. It, not it. Now we st we talked before you came in studio, Oscar, that you did run the 2010 Pacers uh, running festival, which was a half marathon. So he he, I mean, he is related to running. I want to talk a lot about podcasting, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, but. This guy, he ran a half. Was that the longest you've ever run? Still the longest you ever uh, run? Still or? the longest okay. I've ever run. Uh, when I tell people I've done that, <laughs> they look at me and I'm I'm out of shape, but I'm not that out of shape. No, and they still not. don't think they're like, there's no way that you dedicated hours and hours to train <laughs> to get to the level that you could actually run a half marathon. He did. I mean, we did running. We we trained together back in the day, and this is 2010. I, I would and then I would meet him outside of his condo. And mm -hmm. I would literally just be, like be hoping that he would not come down <laughs> to run because it was 5:45 a.m. Yep. There's like th I was like, there's no chance he's waking up today. I hope to God he doesn't. And then he would pop out and be like, let's do this. Yes. How many days a week did you guys run together? 
leading up to the marathon, I would say at least th- uh, three or four. Three or four. Wow. Yeah, three or yeah. four. So yeah. legit running buddies. Oh, he was he was legit. Yeah. He was legit. A- again, at the time. we were friends. <laughs> yeah. Now he, he so he's he, he's mostly correct. He's, he's exaggerating. Yeah. He's mostly correct. Uh, I don't know about this whole Pacers running empire, and that's the reason why we're no longer friends. We still are friends. <laughs> this guy has been super busy, and I want to get into uh, what what he's been doing. Um, but let's let's back up before you were a runner. Uh, you were on terrestrial radio. Yes, on WJFK. For a, for a long time, right? Yeah, I worked for CBS Radio for about a decade. Uh, across the country, um, there was a hot talk station, the perennial powerhouse, that was called WJFK in Fairfax, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was blessed enough to have CBS Radio bring uh, Big Owen Dukes, the show I was on, back to DC and be on 106.7, which is now 106.7, The Fan. Mm-hmm. We were middays, five hours a day, uh, followed my dreams against all odds. I uh, was lucky <laughs> enough to um, get on the pro, to, to get on the air essentially in a major market, right? And get, and get paired up with. Uh, one of the best talents in the country, in my humble estimation, that's just a friend, but Chad Dukes. Mm-hmm. And he just, he now does Chad Dukes versus the world. We also still do Big and Dukes. Yep. I work with Michael Mara from uh, Don Michael, the Michael Mara show. Mm-hmm. So those roots are still there. But Chris and I, uh, and I should probably tell you, um, he, I, when you go through a career change while radio is f- uh, filled with stories of, uh, you're not in radio until you get fired. Your station right. flips formats or things happen, right? They're, you just don't have control over that type of, um, I would say, platform because decisions are made above your pay grade all the time. Right. But during our, my transition from essentially uh, terrestrial radio to the private sector and marketing to uh, business school, during that time... Chris and I would run, and it probably <laughs> saved my life. There we go. See, run, it, bringing it back to running. I love it. Yeah, because running does save lives. Because it, it it saved my life because all that nervous energy, yep. uh, the worries, the, the it, when the contracts were going to change, if we were going to be renewed, was the station going to flip? Uh, was the company going to close or open? Whatever you, whatever line of work you're in, those that stress you have when something huge and impactful is going to happen to essentially you know your the way you make your living uh we would run and discuss what options were out there right and by discussing nothing was solved it was just the, the ability to get all that energy out but also know that whatever was going to happen the one thing i could control was if i was going to make it through this run without stopping or begging for a water break <laughs> but i just that it just it really it, you zone in and it cleared it cleared my mind so i i don't think i've ever had the well, proper chance that. to thank you because while i never ran another half marathon mm-hmm. and you left me for dead <laughs> uh, you really helped me through that transition well, Oscar has now opened a co-working podcast space. It's called Podcast Village. We're going to tweet out a link to the article that came out in Technically DC. Uh, really cool concept. Oscar was the one who first introduced me to podcasting. Wait, is this like a Maybe, WeWork space, but with podcasts? It's, yeah, it's, so it's, we, it's a WeWork for podcasts. It is, and we're going to discuss that. And 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 it's it's revolutionary. I mean, it is a crazy, awesome concept that I don't think too many people are doing, but. Oscar was really the one who introduced me to the idea that podcasting 
is a great way to articulate your brand, a great way to connect to, with your con- your customers, connect with your your family. It's a solid brand extension. Um, we, you know, when I knew Pacers, what what this now eight years ago, right? Uh, what I loved is the fun runs mm-hmm. and uh, the community that mm-hmm. Pacers built, and why you would come to Pacers instead of any other store. Because I knew that Chris and the Pacers team, regardless of the location, was going to make sure you got the right running shoes, yep. right? Um, and that inspired me. Where I said, "You, if that's your secret sauce, you should tell the world about yep. it." And we did. We we worked on a few iterations of that podcast early on, um, and it was fun to see how whether you were at a race or you were talking to other runners. The idea that people could possibly listen to stories or best practices or um, essentially a play-by-play of running yep. was blew my mind. And you could do it on a level where people would actually want to listen to it. And and that's what we've done here at Pace the Nation. I mean, it took us a while to get here, you know. And the, so uh, Oscar introduced me to that, and, and the listeners know the story. Uh, then, then Docs and I, Docs, our other partner, is not here today. We did a fantasy football podcast, and then Joanna entered Joanna, and we got Pace the Nation. So, Joanna, it's his fault that you've been on this <laughs> show for almost over two and a half years at this point. But it's been it's been quite a fun ride. So, I wanted to ask you about podcasting because I know our audience who's downloaded this show is obviously interested in podcasting. And we've got a professional here who was in terrestrial radio who's made the switch to podcasting as a career. Um, Did you see that coming years ago, you know, 10 years ago when you were on the radio? Did you see this coming and that's why you made the switch? Why did you make the switch to doing podcasting? In 2005, when uh, Big Owen Dukes was uh, in Baltimore, of all places, uh, there was a legendary rock station called WHFS. Uh, that switched formats, and then we ended up in Baltimore at a, a different iteration, but it was a talk format, right? So we're a talk show, mm-hmm. and as a talk show, uh, you essentially start to connect with um, with your listeners on a different level. It's not just about the music; it's about the personalities. It's personality-driven radio. And I remember one of our good friends that we made in Baltimore. His name was Tommy Boy. Give him all the credit in the world. Uh, said, "Hey, uh, I just saw." In the paper that iTunes is um, letting you upload something called a podcast, <laughs> and I guess if you have an iPod, an iPod, you can just, you plug in your iPod into your computer, and then that downloads to your iPod, and then you take your iPod like a Walkman and walk around and listen to it like a song, but the show. So that was <laughs> this was a crazy idea yeah, at the time, and he, and we're doing and we're I probably have Jack and Die. He's got like a an IPA before IPAs <laughs> right, were cool, right, right. and I'm like, dude, that sounds like a lot of work. And, right. and he says, I was like, they can just turn on the radio and listen to us, right? And um, after, I think, waking up on his couch four or five times, he's like, hey, you should really put... And I think he was selfish on his end, and I want to <laughs> reconnect with him because right. I don't think he was allowed to listen live. So he And at that point, uh, radio stations weren't putting on the show so you could listen after the fact. This yeah. is, again, 2005. If you missed it, you missed you it. You missed yeah. it, right. Yeah. So I now thinking about it, he just wanted his own on-demand side of right. of the show. Hey, selfishly, that's fine. God bless yeah, him. Yeah, right? exactly. Because he opened my my eyes up, and I remember also walking into the program director or the the person that runs the station, and I said, "Do you mind if we put Big O and Dukes all four hours on iTunes?" And they said, "Why would you want to do that?" <laughs> really? And I said, 
uh, well, is that a yes or a no? Right. And then uh, I never got an answer because sometimes when you're at that high level, that you know, at 30,000 feet, no one cares about the question that was asked 10 right. days ago. Right. So we just put it up mm-hmm. anyways. So technically, as uh, a broadcaster, we were on iTunes. We were probably one of the first professional talk shows on iTunes, if, wow. you, if, you're, if you're counting 2005. Now, the breakout moment for podcasting and what forced me to essentially pivot and look into podcasting as a profession was the, the great recession that we all ran into in 2009, where um, the landscape of broadcasting, especially in talk radio, had changed. And at that point, there was a trend across the country where you had these perennial powerhouse talents saying, I don't need to have a contract with a big broadcasting company because I don't need a, a, a tower. I don't need uh, you know, an FM signal or AM signal. I don't need a building. I just need myself and a few mics. And iTunes. And, and, and iTunes, and I'm going to connect with the world. Right. And that's when it really hit me where I said, if something happens, and probably on one of our runs we discussed this, <laughs> right. I, th- I said, I think, we, I think there's, there's a plan B. And so do you think then the technology also played a big part in the rise of podcasts? Because without, you know, the ability to have things on your mobile device, do you think that podcasts would have become as popular as they have? I think I, I think it's twofold. Um, and one of my professors at the Smith School of Business who has a podcast, it's called Boots, Bootstrapped, mm-hmm. right? Um, speaking of businesses and building them, it's a two-sided market, right? So you needed the technology to be there, which iTunes provided early, and then you needed the content. Mm-hmm. And the real watershed moment for the content was a podcast called Serial. Now, oh, right. as mm-hmm. far as podcasts go, I've been podcasting since 2009, and I had and these wonderful brands like the Michael Mara Show and Big O and Dukes and Tech 401 that were on the radio, so people... If they missed the show or they Google, they would find our show and we'd be on iTunes. We had a nice uh, first mover advantage. When when we would discuss podcasting with people while viable and you could sell advertising on them, it would still be you. I would be faced with the type of expression someone would have when you explain to them how you used to play Dungeons and Dragons in the basement. <laughs> right, right. And and it, it, it just you could see people's eyes just glaze over. But when Serial came out, mm-hmm. you you had something to finally say, have you heard of Serial? And like, I love Serial. Right. We're exactly where Serial is. But instead, instead of typing in Serial, uh, you type in the Michael Mara show. You type in Big Owen Dukes. You type in Tech 411. And that's when you saw this churn of people starting to consume and produce high-level content. Yeah, and it's... Uh you know, changed so much to the point where do you think radio is going to be relevant in, you know, let's say the next three to five, 10 years? I I think that there's always going to be a space for local programming. Mm -hmm. Um, I get teased all the time because I watch uh, the local news and I watch Lester Holt Mm -hmm. nightly news on NBC. It's more probably out of, uh, or DVR it. Right. I remember as a child sitting there with my father watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's always going to be for for local. Always going to be for a need for local programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I believe is going to happen in the next five to ten years is that there's going to be a consolidation of this local programming, uh, not because the um, the cost of doing business is going to go up. 
it's because of the talent that is currently being groomed outside of this ecosystem of uh, your intercoms, your CBS radios, which is now intercom, your Cumulus, your iHearts. Uh, those people are developing their own skill sets, their own followings, and they're doing it on their own in their own studios and they're doing it on YouTube and they're doing it on Spotify and they're, and they're doing it on iTunes and they're not beholden to these content creators or content generators that the, in a way that really I was developed as a younger talent just getting into broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So there will be, there'll always be local radio, but you're fighting for on demand ears in this new generation, the way people consume their content. So if it's Netflix, you can watch it anytime. If it's local radio, if you're in the car, you'll listen. But if it's something that you want to take on a run, for example, right. it's on demand. It's, it's a podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're giving uh, folks a, po- a platform to, to do podcasts. His, his new venture is Podcast Village. It's over in Georgetown. Uh, really cool article. Like I said, we'll, we'll tweet out the article. A co-working space, Joanna. Like, uh, like you said, a co-working space. We got one upstairs from us here, a co-working <laughs> space. But this is for, for podcasting. Uh, you know, tell us about Podcast Village. So uh, a concept that was born in 2014. I am fortunate enough to be a co-founder later in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to business school three years ago after Serial launched because at that point there were so many threats that I could see coming down the pipe for content creators where your advertisers didn't only have a handful of shows in their portfolio they could advertise on. But once they saw Serial break, everybody, your big broadcast company started putting out podcasts. So I knew that somebody on our team had to, if somebody was going to do it, they needed to go find, essentially unlock another wall of levers to make sure that our business was going to get, continue to grow, but also mm-hmm. sustain itself, right? Um, when I went to business school, I did a action leadership project, which, which essentially wanted, I wanted to find out more about why podcasters listen the way they listen, why it's on demand, when they listen, how they listen. So the Smith School, um, while I paid full freight and full price and there's no discount, <laughs> right? Uh, they do give you opportunities to use facilities around the city. They have a facility at the Reagan Building, and I did a little um, focus group. And at the focus group, uh, a gentleman named Charlie Burney was there. And we headed off. And as you know, uh, Chris, I love talking podcasting. I yeah. love talking broadcasting. And what, what, what essentially was, here's my email or here's my phone number. If you ever want to connect, let's connect. Turned into eight, nine, ten different you know, conversations, meetings, lunches. And finally he asked, he said, I see what you want to build. I have a smaller concept in um, in Gaithersburg. Uh, are you willing to build this concept after you graduate your pro- through your program? And I said, I would love to do that, but I owe it to my the shows I currently work on. To there's a lot of levers I need to pull when I get out of this program, and it wouldn't be fair to me. Or, or you to, for me to say yes. Mm-hmm. But if I ever have a chance to do so, you'll be the first person I call. 2017, September, I get a call. Oh, a knock on the door says, where well, we were subleasing, that my leaseholder was moving to another floor. And he said, do you want, you get first right of refusal for this entire space in Georgetown. In Georgetown, wow. wow. Which is a high rent district, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
and um, but a great spot for uh, it's a great location, yeah, right? For a podcast uh, for what we wanted, co-working space. And um, he said you had mentioned to me that when you're in business school, you had a concept for something like a, a co-working for podcast. He he's right. super nice, super kind, and he also said if you can't swing it, I won't move. But I've been waiting for ten years for the lease on the first floor to finally expire and then for, to leave. I would really love to be there. It's better for my business. Got it. So at that point, I called Charlie Bernie and I said, Charlie, uh, we should have lunch. Um, we, I told you I would call you if there was ever an opportunity. And I, within, I would say, 72 hours after uh, that call, we met up. And then a week after that, we were signing a lease. Wow. And Joanna, we got to go over and check out the space. I mean, it is, I, I love Studio 1A here <laughs> in the heart of the world here in Clarendon, but this space has got all the bells and whistles. It's beautiful, uh, video elements, um, professional, like you would walk in there and think you're in, you know, a New York City, like TV station, top level, the top of the top um, broadcasting station. So, I mean, that. Uh, obviously was, was, right? was part of your vision, right? So the, what our hypothesis is and was is that there are content creators, whether they were professionals or they were self-taught or they were hobbyists. The hardest part of this, and you know this, yeah. is making sure that um, the the mic cable isn't giving you some oh, sort docs, of Oh, Docs would love <laughs> or, to hear this. It's true. Um, if, it's, if the fader on your... On your mixer is yep. dirty. Where right. is that noise coming from? Right. Who has their computer plugged in? It's, right. These are all pain points that people, especially in this area. Dude, uh, we've recorded a show that didn't record. A whole hour yeah. show that we had to Again, redo. Right. I've been there and right. I've lived them. Right? Right. So right. you go through all these pain points and yeah. you say, wouldn't it be phenomenal if you could just walk into a studio and create and not sit for an hour being frustrated <laughs> getting drained worrying right. about what, what's about to happen right embarrassed if you have a guest that has on a uh, it's on a timetable sure uh if the mic is broken <laughs> yeah, it, there's so many things that can go wrong well, we've done them all yeah this sounds like yeah. a list from <laughs> pace the nation <laughs> yes yeah but but those are the those are the pain points that a podcast village concept and that's what we want to solve we want to solve the idea that you can just go and create but you can also collaborate where we want you to talk to the other members. We want you to go back to an edit bay and edit with all the best software, yep. with uh, with the, the latest license, if it's video, if it's audio. We want you to, to, to spend as many hours as you'd like creating, but we also want you to give back to others in the community. And that's what we're built in on. So in, your landlord came to you in September of 2017. So um, like when are the doors open now or people? The doors are open. Okay. So yes. when, when did that happen? Uh, so we opened, we had a soft launch in January. Okay. Um, I'm proud to say that we are almost sold out. Wow. Um, <laughs> and you haven't even advertised? We, again, uh, I think... I think I know a lot of I know a lot of of, of our early success. It, it really has to do with karma, sure, uh, and the way that we have treated other broadcasters within our community in the past. For example, uh, we have a colleague that works for ESPN, and the former ESPN studios used to be in Rockville, and we had built a commercial grade studio for one of our hosts in Georgetown where we worked. And he said, do you mind? Um, I just had my third child. 
if I could come and do the show from your studio if the timing is correct. And we did it for free for almost two years. Wow. And, um, you know, similar stories along those lines because who, who, who are we to say no, yes, no. If we have the bandwidth, let, let's work together, right? Right. Um, so we gave, 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 gave. And then once we expanded, the, I wasn't expecting this because when you give, you don't really expect anything back. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody came knocking on our doors and said, you know, I know that we work within this range, but now can we essentially take our relationship and formalize it and uh, take on more of your studio time than was than what was available before? Right. Well, not only is Oscar an entrepreneur and built all this stuff and a builder, he's also been for years uh, a, a talent on a couple of really big shows that I follow, The Mike O'Meara Show and obviously Big O and Dukes. Uh, you've got such a passionate audience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, Joanna, Docs, you and I, we're going to have a um, we're going to have a happy hour on the fifteenth, February fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Everybody, come out for that. We've got a loyal audience. You know, we'll yeah, have we we'll have twenty people there. But these guys, let's say, you know, the horde from Big O <laughs> yes, and Dukes. Yes. These guys, like, why are podcasting followers so passionate and so loyal? Uh, I think the key. And, and, and that's so kind of you to say, and I think it's very accurate that we are, we are blessed to have the audiences we have. Um, the one, and it's, it's funny because conver- we just had a conversation with the team yesterday for one of my programs, well, not my programs, one of our programs, mm-hmm. um, where we want to strive on always putting out top-notch con- uh, content. Mm-hmm. And by top-notch, everything top-notch, whether it's the subject matter or... You're always constantly thinking about, um, are we servicing our audience by getting out the show at the same time, every time, every week, um, are we doing them a disservice because if they expect it, say we record on Tuesday and they're, they expect a show to be posted on Wednesday morning. And if we're not there for them, the switching costs, by the way, over the past eight years, have gone down by that i mean they'll find somebody else right they didn't right. On, right god i wish docs was here you're speaking docs's <laughs> language this is so, so true yeah so he does our producing and, and engineering and all that stuff yeah so we were lucky that we had a nice runway on the and a forum on the radio for talk radio mm-hmm. where michael mara uh was kind of to let big owen dukes uh sit in for his national program at times mm-hmm. so we were exposed there He's kind of to let us talk about, let myself talk about the Big O and Duke show Your on brand. the Michael Mary yeah, show yeah. and vice versa. And I think the people that know Great Talk Radio or remember or discover Great Talk Radio, they realize that it just doesn't exist the way it used to exist. Right. So we get to live in that world and continue to produce, but, but also we're living our dreams still, but on our own terms, right? Right. So yeah. that's the beauty of, of that, of our audience where they get it. And I'm sh- as I'm sure your yeah. audience does as well. Yeah, we got a, we got a few less listeners, but you know, we're very <laughs> proud and they, they are very loyal, which is I think awesome about, and you can interact with podcast listeners a different way to me uh, than you probably could uh, if you were just on the radio. Yeah, and the highest compliment you probably have gotten this already where 
someone will walk up to you and say, I feel like I know you. Right. I was just about to say that. Like they get yeah. to spend a lot of quality time with us. They do. Over, yeah. over podcasts. It's weird kind of sometimes because they talk, you know, Joanna has some transportation issues and then they'll talk to me about her. I'm like, do you know Joanna? No, I just heard her <laughs> talk about on, or, I'll, or we'll talk about our dogs and they'll ask how our dogs are doing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's but pretty cool. you know that, you're doing it right. Right. Yeah. That's when you know that you're connecting on that level. Now, well, and the part I love too is when they connect with each other. Like when oh, people yeah, who listen yeah, to the community. show then become friends. Like right. that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, and you're putting this podcast out on a regular basis. Yeah, regular it's time one. Fashion. Yep. So once, like you said, every Monday morning, it's got to <laughs> be right, there, good. and and got to give Doc's props for that. And and he's really militant on making sure the mics are, you know, not cracking or the sound is good. Because you're right, people will just find something else and the yeah. switching costs. I love what you said. It's, <laughs> it's easy to find somebody else at yeah. this point. And before if they weren't, cause you're right. I mean, there are just to give you this and th- these numbers are from 2017. There are almost a million podcasts out there, right? Wow. God. If not, right. that number's already been crested probably at right. this point. If you are getting per episode per week, more than, 1500 downloads per show you are in the top 15 percent that's how hard this is okay we're not quite there we're about a thousand so yeah Yeah, so so let's say that's the top 30 percent all right right i love this so feel good (laughs) so but but that's i mean that's what it takes repetition frequency respect your audience respect the content Mm -hmm. um and just be genuine but and it's fun yep right that's the whole point of this. Well, we're sitting here with Oscar Santana. This is awesome stuff. Uh, we're going to get you out of here. I got a few quick hitters here. I want to um, uh, uh, ask uh, just just a few questions about your how long you've been broadcasting. Almost twenty years, I'd say, right? Almost twenty. Yes, uh, almost twenty years. So, what is the biggest name you've interviewed? Oh God, that is going to be tough because um, or biggest name you've hung out with. Because you, you are connected uh, with... Yes. Uh, so out of the sports world, I I spent an evening with Bob Saget, also known See. as Danny Tanner, yep. which as a there younger you broadcaster, I called him Danny and wanted to blow my brain out <laughs> at one point <laughs> when we were doing an interview. Um, <laughs> David Allen Greer was fun. And, and you know, you, I'm a radiophile as well, right. right? So when you get to go out... As in the rock world, I remember sitting at a table uh, with as an intern um, and re- remembering that I needed to take a train back from New York to D.C. to my in my promotions job. And I needed to be there by nine. But I figured out that if I got to Union, uh, you know, Union Station and made it to work, I could somehow go to this party that I was allowed <laughs> to go to somehow. And I was sitting next to Dave Grohl. Wow. And I remember wow. seeing that. I was like, when is Dave Grohl going to kick me out of this little booth? <laughs> and and not, and I was like, and I can't get drunk. I'm just going to sit right. here and like try to remember everything. Um, we, as far as a program is concerned, have been able to meet so many great people like adam carolla adam carolla I, I, mean, I mean i've been out to his studios on the west coast uh but as far as it people that impact you and you just you see them and you you're like well now i know why you're a star type of mm-hmm. personalities um it's that was a good list it's, you gave. Yeah. It, yeah it's yeah. it's the, the charisma so for example I, the one i always love talking about is matthew mcconaughey right see that's a so big one he is 
on a press tour for Sahara. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure three people in this audience have has ever seen Sahara. I don't think Matthew McConaughey would, would ever see it. But he's in right. a, a uh, Airstream van on the, uh, broken down on the side of uh, 495 in the D.C. area. He's not making it on his press tour to our studio. But through, like, you could hear it through the phone. This is the most charismatic person right. that would be selling uh, essentially Oldsmobiles or right. whatever he sell, Buicks, whatever he's selling these days, right? It's right. Oldsmobile, I think. Uh, is it? I, I, it's a great question. Um, I think it is Oldsmobile. It's going to bother me yeah, all yeah, night yeah, now, yeah. but regardless. Right. But the, the, he wasn't the star we know today then, right. right? But over the phone, he conveyed this charisma where I, where I sat there and I was like, that's what a movie star is. Right. And then you have a guy like Tracy Morgan uh, prior to his accident, and he's made a comeback, come into studio and completely grill myself and Chad and be funny and off the cuff and within 20 minutes have us eating out of, at least myself, <laughs> the palm of his hand. Right. And you, you say, okay, this is why this guy's on 30 Rock. This is why this, he's a millionaire, right? This is why this is guy has, he did everything right. And even though people think that he may be you know, a little off color at times, but there's a reason why certain entertainers have gotten to the level that they're at. So those are the two off. The I mean, top he's not head. dropping names, Joanna, because I asked him that. So I mean, those are pretty Tracy Morgan, Matthew McConaughey, uh, uh, Dave Grohl. Bob, I mean, Bob, Bob Saget. Saget. I mean, those rule. are some pretty. Yeah, Bob rule. Saget from what? What's the name of his show? I mean, I Full should House. Know. Full House, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. But his comedy is, is completely different. Yeah, he uh, is. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a little different than, than I, I, the nice dad. I, yeah. I had an evening out with uh, Rich from Big and Rich when we were in mm-hmm. Phoenix doing radio, and I was. I, I felt like at least one more Jack and Coke away from getting on a private plane and going to Las Vegas with him. But he was playing the state fair uh, the next day, uh, so that didn't happen. Bad. But but those are fu- those are experiences that you forget, no doubt. But when you're making twenty four thousand dollars a year, <laughs> right, and you're sitting next to Dave Grohl, hey, uh, it's I don't, that, that's priceless, right? Yeah. All right. Um, you, you mentioned uh, you were in Phoenix. What was the your favorite place to work, like location to work. Oh God. I would, uh, I love the DC area because yep. my family's here and I grew up here, but yep. I would, um, I would lose a kidney to go back to Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> I, I like the cost that. of living is less. Yeah. Uh, you, the summers are horrible, but for the, it's essentially heaven for the other nine months. What do, you, what do you consider heaven? Yeah. She doesn't like the heat. I mean, but it's Joanna, it's sleeting outside today. I mean, I, I think Phoenix sounds pretty good I, to myself. I, I would say this. Uh, there was never a day where you couldn't call your friends, whether you're younger or older, and say, let's go for a hike. Right. Let's go for, let's play some basketball. Let's, let's go, go for, for a run. run. Hmm. Because it's a comfortable, and I'm not talking, in the summer, it is a dry heat, but you're in an oven. But during <laughs> uh, the nine months that you're not in the oven, you have the perfect temperature. It's beautiful. Yeah. All I, right. I'm, yeah, I know you hate the, the heat, but I'm, I'm with you. Um, and a couple other quick hitters before yes. we get you out of here. Um, how many times have you gotten fired or has oh, the program sw- switched um, or I don't, I don't believe per se, uh, fire is not the right word. No, no. But I, but I, but I, but I want to be honest about this. Uh, when you lose your job, you're technically fired. Right. <laughs> so, uh, by definition in broadcasting, the times that we have had to move on, or, uh, change stations or look for other employment at, at another radio station, 
I'm proud to say that most of those times, except for maybe one that we caused as young broadcasters, yeah. um, were because the station flipped formats or um, they were going in a different direction as far as instead of a hot talk show, they wanted a political talk show. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, when we were in Arizona, we were on the same station as Adam Carolla, Tom Likas, and then Big O and Dukes was on there. And that was a perennial talk station, but then that flipped to a... Uh, top, a top 40 station or a hip-hop station that wasn't us right right so you get that call and you're like okay well now we're moving right um so the last time that happened was when we were at wjfk and they offered me a job at a sister station which was a hip-hop station uh which is fine i love wpgc i grew up uh listening to wpgc mm-hmm. but i remember walking into that meeting and realizing that I had a certain contract, this before you even realize what a contract is. But I also realized that the person that was bringing me on their team for the new radio station had no idea what my skill set was. Right. They just said, or New York or whoever told them, you're going to take on this guy and he's going to do this for you and this is the rest of his contract. And I remember saying thank you for the offer and I you know, would circle back and walking out into that parking lot and saying... Uh, I will never let my job define me ever again because, you know, there's a better way to do this. Wow. So now you control your own destiny. He's got podcast village over in Georgetown. Uh, he's, you're, you're no longer just a broadcaster, although you do. I mean, how many hours a week do you actually broadcast? I would say no less. Uh, so we do five, uh, two, 10, 20, I would say 30. Yeah. So you're so 30 hours yes, a week and his roughly. other 30 or uh, yes. running the business. Running the so, business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, I'm happy we were able to reconnect. It's um, awesome. I, when, I, when I walked in here, I was like, is this, well, it's the, the Pacers yep. uh, concept store is what I like to call it. Yep. It looked like. There's a, it's a store in uh, in D.C. and I'll never go back to it ever <laughs> because I should just come here. Right. But it is, I mean, this looks like a major market Nike Thank you. concept right. store. Thank you. Yep. And I said, man, like this is the, the dream vibe. that we used to talk about yep. and the way that you deal with your customers and the way that people are treated here and the price points that are fair, it's working. So congratulations awesome. to you and your team. Um, so what race is Chris going to train you for now? Yeah, so that's next. I mean, that's got to be next, yeah. Oh, As God. We bring it back um, so Let's I, start with I, the 5K. I have a small back injury. Okay. T- I'm just messing around. I do have it, but it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should reconnect. All right, we're gonna get. Like we're to gonna get. Running. All right, we're gonna get them back to a five k. We'll keep our audience. And the uh, good news now is that at the end of your run, Chris likes to bike up hills. So yeah, I, I. Yeah, I you're do. Biking now? No, yeah. well, I, wow. you know, this is kind of a bit of the the, the show. Our listeners know that I live in here in Clarendon, yes. and I like to run in George. I like to run the Georgetown trail. Yes. You know, the trails there, you the canal. Trail. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I think that I when he the first time he ever took me into the woods for a run like that. I said, <laughs> You didn't like, think you were coming out? I was like, we're not getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. And this was before Fitbits or you yeah. find my phone. Garmin. Like there, there was, this wasn't happening. So uh, I like to finish my run in Roslyn and bike with a bike share back up to Clarendon. because That's smart. Yeah. See? Thank you. It's smart. See? Right. She's giving yeah, me a hard the time. the bike shares, those bikes are so heavy. Uh, they are. I, but can, it's I can move to, faster up the hill on foot than I can on I that bike. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a flawed uh concept concept yes. of mine but we'll work anyways on we'll, we'll we'll get we'll, we'll reconnect we'll keep our audience uh posted on how he does and uh look forward to uh i'm so glad we reconnect man and look forward to you know 
future partnerships or yeah. whatever it is with Pace the Nation and you know whatever we, you know we we can figure something it's, out. You're doing great. It's high things, time man. we work yeah. together again. Yeah, sounds good. All right, that's Oscar Santana. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. Awesome stuff there. We're gonna take a quick break. This is Pace the Nation. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Oscar Santana for joining us on today's program. You can follow him, and you should give him a follow. It's Oscar Radio on Twitter. I, I, I should have asked him, why not Oscar Podcasting? Maybe he had that handle before, but it's Oscar mm. Radio. I don't want to. I don't want to muddy the waters here. Oscar Radio on Twitter. Uh, it was crazy to listen to. Uh, his stories were great. Uh, Awesome, awesome to have him on. But it's crazy to listen to all the people that he's been in contact with over the, through the years, um, through working through on radio, working in podcasting. Um, did you know Bob Saget was uh, a comedian? I did know that, and you I've did? heard that his stand-up act is really raunchy, it's really surprising. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because he was Danny Tanner, like the neat Nick dad yeah. on Full House. Really, really funny that he. I mean, just. It sounds total opposite of, you know, he seems like the all-American dad. <laughs> Danny Tanner. I didn't know his name was. It's funny that Oscar called him Danny. Uh, the all-American dad turns into like this um, comedian with a, a mouth that needs to be, you know, washed out in soap. It's kind of, kind of, kind of crazy. Well, it's kind of, I guess, a testament to his acting ability that no he doubt. was able to pull off Danny Tanner. <laughs> crazy uh but yeah very very cool that he's he, oscar has had contact with uh a lot of celebrities through the years um we look forward to to uh you know you know working with oscar hopefully in the future um you know and and i'm uh, a big fan of his his shows uh particularly i like the big o and duke show mm-hmm. uh very good you know so if you're going to listen to another show us first as always and he's got some great shows out there Podcast Village. Podcast Village is his new business, so good luck to him with that. All right, Joanna. Um, so let's get into some running talk. Um, mm, okay. You know, you... Uh, I've been running. Came to me uh, yesterday and said, you know, you had a topic or you wanted to talk about something apparel running related? Yeah, so um, I've been running. Let's not nice. say a lot, there but okay. let's say... Like in the range of 25 to 30 miles a week. And it hasn't been the greatest weather, but I got this jacket from New Balance. And it's like a light packable jacket with reflectivity on Mm -hmm. it. You can like pack it up and just like hold it in your hand. And I've never been a jacket person. I've always just been like layers or um, just like, I don't know, jackets never made sense to me. And I couldn't understand why anybody would use one. And now I am 100% about jackets. Finally. Yeah. No wonder our jacket numbers were so down (laughs) in all the stores you worked in. Nice. Because it's it's a and especially this one is just a nice light layer that does trap in a little bit of extra heat. So uh, it's nice when it's a little windy Mm -hmm. or um if i just like want a little extra but not like a whole nother layer and i'm I'm just like really into the jacket right now well new balance has done an amazing they came from almost nothing in terms of our store sales apparel wise they were like zero and their apparel has 
trended all the way up almost to the top. If not, you probably know better than me. They're like one of our top, uh, top vendors. Well, they're making, yeah, great stuff. Their women's pants are great. And, and this, this jacket, was it a particular, it, was it specific to New Balance and the materials that they made? Or was it like this opened your eyes to all jackets and that jackets actually have a use in the running world? Yeah, it opened my eyes to all jackets. I think I could, um, I could probably get behind some other jackets. I like this one because it has reflectivity and it's New Balance. <laughs> well, I think love the run you're with this weekend now that it has it's already to be happened. Rainy. It's already happened. So I think love the run you're with. This is no help to those who just ran it, but a jacket like the one you're describing would be perfect because it's going to be a little drizzly, uh, maybe some wind. Mm-hmm. And well, th- see, that's the beauty of jackets. They're yeah. uh, multi seasonal. Yeah. Well, a lighter one like this, because you can wear it in the winter as a top layer mm-hmm. and then you can wear it in the spring. You can wear it in the fall. You probably won't need it in the summer. But moving into spring, I mean, just because we're starting to trend out of winter, it does get really windy in D.C., especially if you run along the Tidal Basin or the Mall. And now I'm like, why was I complaining about the wind when I could have been wearing a jacket? Right. So I always try to prioritize my apparel, my apparel needs for running. So for, for me... And for women, it's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, we'll, we'll take the shoes out of it and take the socks out of it. Mm-hmm. I think a uh, you know during the winter, having one good pair of – I like the looser-fitting pants. I know a lot of folks like tights. I think that's crucial that you have one of those mid-weight looser-fitting pants. A base layer top, long sleeve, a zip, uh, a half-zip top as well. And then for me, number four is the jacket. So I, I'm, I've been a big believer uh, that, that jackets are a crucial part of your winter uh, running apparel repertoire. repertoire. Uh, so I'm glad you're on board. That's I've, good. Seen, I've seen the You've light. Seen the light? That's yeah. good. Yeah. And for women, I'd say, um, you know, it's got to be the sports bra, but then the, the tights, the, the base layer top, then the half. For me, the I would go jacket, jacket actually next. Yeah. Prioritize? Okay. When I think about everything that I've been wearing in the past three weeks, I've worn that jacket literally every day. Wow. All right. All right, there's your running quota for the for the for the show. Um, I think we covered it there. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch on some more running topics. I, I did want to talk about Valentine's Day uh, coming up. Is it? It's always February 14th, right? It's always February I just, 14th. I always forget that. I was like thinking it was February 15th, and I was like, oh man, I've double booked because we got the the happy hour. Happy hour. So everybody remember February 15th. The day after Valentine's Day, come out and see us. And where are we going to be for the happy hour? Hoban's. Hoban's. Uh, so come out and see us at Hoban's. But Valentine's Day, the day before, uh, we kicked off, Pacers Running kicked off Valentine's Day celebrations yesterday. Uh, and that would have been yesterday being Wednesday, February 7th. Mm-hmm. Before so, Love the Run You're With. Yep. With a dating game. I wasn't able to go, but... Can you give us a recap quickly on how it went, what went on? Did we make some matches? I think we did. Oh, really? I feel really good about the matches. I got really invested. So um, it was a classic dating game where you have one contestant and then who's picking from three um, suitors. Got it. And so they don't see each other. So they don't know what the other person looks like. And so the contestant is asking the suitors questions. Mm -hmm. And then based on those questions, picking a winner or somebody that they want to go on a date with. So for us, we had um, uh, meals at um, Ireland's Four Courts 
on the table for the winner. So that's what their date is. Mm -hmm. We had two rounds of um, uh, girls looking for guys and then two rounds of guys looking for girls. And the questions I thought were really good. I helped. So who came up with the questions? I wrote some of them. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I got really excited. So that we gave each contestant had a list of 10 questions and they could choose five that they wanted to ask. And then mm-hmm. there was a speed round that was the same four questions. So every time somebody chose one of my questions, I got really excited. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tess went first and um, she chose this guy, Ryan. Okay. Um, the thing that I remember most is that she asked if uh, if they were going to make a movie of your life, who would play you? And he said a young John Hamm. Mm. Mm-hmm. The guy from um, the Mad- show I never watched. Mad, yeah, Mad Men. Men. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm excited for Ryan. And, to, and oh, also the big news is that intern Joanna was there. Mm-hmm. And she did talk to all of the couples. And they're totally in for coming on the podcast and giving us a wow. recap. Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot we asked her to do that. So Fantastic. thank you, Joanna. Okay. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's take Tess, for example. Uh, so she picked, what was the guy's name? Ryan. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Was it when, and she's behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and she comes out. Is it awkward? I mean, that's what's, that's what's great about it. I mean, alcohol is being consumed, I'm sure. Well, and Tess went first. So it was funny that the crowd and the contestants and the suitors, yeah, everybody loosened up towards the end. But the thing is like, we're watching, we're watching the contestants answer these questions or the students answer these questions. So we're forming a relationship with them, but like Tess isn't. So then she comes out and like, we've already kind of been like, yeah, Ryan should have been the winner. And you're like, you chose the right guy. And then she's like, Oh, Hey, Oh, I wish I had that guy. (laughs) Hey, let me go back. And yeah. Uh, well, 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 they're actually going to go out on a date, Mm -hmm. right? Wow. Yeah. I I don't think it's scheduled yet, but they're going to go on a date. And then, um, the second round, Ashley chose, uh, Matt. Okay. Which was also, uh, you know, it was, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I was excited that both of those couples also like sat around and talked for a while. Right. So I was, I was also like super excited. I'm like, oh, we're making matches. Wow. <laughs> um, and then the guys went. So ch- our own Charlie Ban mm-hmm. um, asked, of course, his his own tough questions. Of course, he he didn't need any help from Joanna. Yeah. No, no not at all. Of course. <laughs> um, and he chose a young lady named Katie. Okay. Um, I don't think Katie knows what she's in for. <laughs> But that'll be that'll I, I, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then finally, there was um, a very dapper gentleman named Andrew. Who, okay. He had a tie clip. I was very impressed with wow. his outfit. Um, he chose a real firecracker of a girl called Francesca. She was great. All of her answers were really really funny. Wow. Props to everybody who did it, whether you got picked or not. That is putting yourself out there like that. I love. You know, I've talked about making yourself vulnerable many times on this show. I love it. Good for them. Hopefully. Well, it's like a reality television show that we were all watching live. Love it. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. I was trying to tune in on Facebook Live. Um, the kid was pulling me away, and you know you know how that goes. Um, well, I hope the uh, dates go well, and we look forward to your updates. And if they don't go well, I hope that you're very candid about how they went. We look forward to the updates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I was thinking that the dating game was hosted once upon a time, way back in the day, way before your time, by Wink Martindale. I don't know yeah, who but Wink you Martindale is. Yeah, Wink Martindale is a uh, a game show host. I, I didn't expect you to know, so I Googled it. This is, again, where we need Docs, another time where he would probably know who Wink Martindale is. Chuck Woolery. Hmm. Chuck Woolery, he was the, the dating game uh, hmm. uh, host. Uh, at least the one that was... Uh, 
the most recognizable because I think they went through a few hosts. Uh, that's a total tangent. I don't know why I had to mention that, but I did. Um, so that was Valentine's Day, uh, the Va- Valentine's Day prep for the Love the Run You're With, which will be this weekend. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everybody had a good time at Sunday's race. Hopefully you wore your jackets uh, out there on the course. Maybe it didn't rain as much as they're projecting. So I feel like it's not, not going to rain that yeah. much. All right. Let's hope, hope for the best on that. But regardless, it'll be a great time. That that race is always great. Kicks off the Pacers Running Race Series. So, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day? Oh, so um, you know, Julie, James, and I are are, are going to go out, um, and we have. Um, gosh, should I share this? Yes, I should. Uh, we have matching shirts. So oh, yeah, wow. yeah, matching shirts. So we're going to do that bit. I don't. I don't know if we're going to make it a social media thing because. You know my social media rules class. Um, matching <laughs> shirts is not in. Not in. That that is not something you do. Um, so, you know, my my social media rules in class always sort of evolves. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Everything's we'll see. up for debate. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. So yeah, we're gonna go out to. We're gonna have matching shirts. Are um, you going to dinner? What are you doing? Yeah, we're gonna go to dinner. Okay. So just go to go to a dinner. Uh, on that, uh, I think that's a Wednesday night. That's a yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. So go to dinner that Wednesday night. And then, um, yeah, then we'll be there for the happy hour on on uh, Thursday um, and continue my celebration uh, with the rest of the uh, Pace Nation folks. Uh, what, are you, what are you gonna be doing on Valentine's Day? Big plans? Um, I actually haven't really thought about it. I should say first that Valentine's Day is my mom's birthday. Oh, okay. So happy early birthday, mom. Yeah, there you go, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Twitterverse is also Welcome. Yeah, welcome to wish for happy B day. She would love it. Um, I don't know. There's actually a film festival in DC, so I might go to that. All right, but I don't know if that's actually what Chris wants. Chris to wants do. to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, well, maybe he's got something up his sleeve, something planned. My guess is probably not. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm so either. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, I hope everybody had a, a good good time at Love the Run You're With and has has a great Valentine's Day. I can't wait to hear the updates from all our. Uh, all our winners um, from the dating game. Uh, so we've touched on the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. Docs has got to be on cloud nine. I can't wait for his reaction. And it was a very good game. I don't like football, but yeah. I did think it was very entertaining. I, I'm, I'm glad that you watched. And did you watch the entire game? I watched the entire game. Wow. I didn't Impressive. want to. Impressive. I, two things. I, I didn't think you'd be uh, interested enough to watch the whole thing. And it's past your bedtime. It's so way past are, my bedtime. <laughs> no, so, uh, so that's awesome. You watched the whole thing. You were rooting for the Eagles. Uh, you obviously have some rooting powers that worked. Uh, so congrats to Docs and all the Eagles fans out there. And they won with their second-string quarterback. quarterback. Incredible. It really is an incredible story. Uh, you know, for betting purposes, I wish that I had th- thrown uh, a lot of cash on uh, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Or if you had put, if you had found somebody to take the bet that Nick Foles is going to be the the uh, the Super Bowl MVP, your odds would have been like a thousand to one. Man, he he some, caught a touchdown. Caught a touchdown pass. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did enjoy the game. I, I was torn. I don't like the Patriots, but I have a hard time rooting for the Eagles since they're on a division. But I, I guess I know more Eagles fans, and I'm happy for them. So ultimately, I was happy of the result. Uh, the commercials, uh, to me, were sort of a letdown. I didn't um, really honestly watch any of the commercials. Okay. It was very loud where I was, so I guess I saw them, but mm-hmm. I didn't really hear them. Right. Well, I was sort of let down by the Shalane Flanagan. I'd heard a lot about the Shalane Flanagan um, mm-hmm. commercial. They, uh, they, a lot of hype about that in yeah. the running world. 
like on Let's Run, they were talking about it's such a big deal. And like Shalane put out something saying like how grateful she was to be in this. And yeah. it was it was like a two second her not running even. in a pack. It was like a and second. And I'm like, Shalane Flanagan is not running in a pack. She's winning no. the New York City <laughs> Marathon. Yeah. So, you know, I thought they would do something with her. Yeah. Winning the New York City Marathon or like reenact that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know worth her because so the the idea of the commercial was they were all singing this a song that everybody loves beer and mm. who doesn't love beer other than Joanna but I thought it was interesting that she came out in Runner's World and she said that she's never been uh, shy to say that she really likes beer hmm. I didn't know that I didn't so either I guess she was authentic in singing this song about uh, her enjoying beer so. That was the the running sort of relate, related uh, part of the Super Bowl. Did you uh, watch the halftime show? And what did you think of Justin Timberlake? Um, I like Justin Timberlake. I, I kind of like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, too. I think I've said that on this show before. You're on record. Yeah, yeah. I'm on record. Um, I think he's a he's a really good performer. Um, I'm always amazed at the outfits that he wears that only Justin Timberlake could pull mm-hmm. off. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, I'm like, oh, I have been, I was not a boy band fan, mm-hmm. but I will say that I was always mesmerized by people who can dance well. And I, even at his age, he still can yep. dance well. He dances well and a lot of energy. Oh, and I mean, his songs, you can, they're I, catchy. They're kind of, they're, they're catchy. They're not kind of catchy. They're catchy. I mean, so the people who were saying like, there was a lot of hate on Twitter I, I, I follow Twitter too much. Yeah. A lot of hate on Twitter. I'm like, they're just trying to do the cool thing and say that they hated it. What, did, what didn't they like about it? Constructive criticism. Uh, you know, there wasn't any constructive criticism. There it never was, was. It was that, uh, you know, a lot of lip syncing and boring and couldn't hold a candle to Bruno Mars. I'm like, Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake sort of do the same type of music. I don't know why people would compare. I don't know. It's just people want to go on there and hate. That's all. And I, it, for one, I, enjoyed it. And it's also, I hate to say it, but a, a halftime show at the Super Bowl is pure entertainment. Right. It is, the value of the show is in the entertainment, not in the, the skill right. of the, the vocals. Right. I agree. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm i on record. I, I, I enjoyed it, and he's coming to D.C., and I probably will buy a ticket to his concert. Oh, no way. Yeah, okay. sometime, in, sometime in March. Maybe that's what I'll get Julie for Valentine's Day. <laughs> How exciting for yeah, Julie. No doubt. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, 7 Palmer Square, Princeton, New Jersey. Our first race of the Pacers Running race series starts this Sunday. Love the run you're with. You can still sign up for all the rest of the Pacers Running races runpacers.com backslash races. So check that out today. All right, great show, Joanna. Thanks again to Oscar Santana for joining us on today's program. You can follow Oscar on Twitter at Oscar Radio. Tweet him. Tweet him and and let him know that he needs to get back into running. (laughs) Give him a little nudge, right? A little nudge. Thanks again to Oscar for joining us. All right. Hopefully Dox is back next week. Do you think he'll be back? What's your guess? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Probably the right answer. All 
right, for William E. Dax, who's not here, for Joanne Russo, who's across from me, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space the Nation. We'll see you next week. Docs will edit this show. I hope so. Please, Docs. Please. Um, Docs, reach out to us. Where the hell are you? Like, at least, you know, if you don't want to give us a proof of life picture, give us a proof of life tweet or something. I don't know. Maybe he's gotten... <clears throat> maybe he shouldn't have been... I did not think he should have made a joke about being kidnapped. Because yeah, maybe by the he... Mexican cartel or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I just didn't want to say it. But he said it first. Yeah. All right. Hopefully he'll be back next week.